0: Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast where a pair of pastor scholars open up the Word of God and uh, study a scripture passage drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. I'm your host, John Drury. I'm a discipleship pastor for Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. And Fresh Text uh, is something we hope would be enjoyable for all listeners and edifying for many, but also equipping for pastors or teachers who are working on lessons or sermons in the upcoming weeks. My guest this week is Amanda Drury. Uh, Mandy is no stranger to the show. She's on quite often. I uh, love having her on the show because she is uh, by far one of my favorite preachers. I am biased because she is my wife, but she is a quite fantastic preacher. Her day job is a professor of practical theology and youth ministry here at Indiana Wesleyan uh, in Marion, where I work as well. And uh, she's the author of a number of books. Uh, Trauma and Testimony is her latest one, uh, and her first one was on uh, youth ministry and testimony. So yeah, we are looking today at Psalm 77, one of my favorite psalms and one of her favorite psalms as well. So we're looking at Psalm 77 today, continuing our series in the psalms this year on Fresh Text. As you're listening to the show today, if you're enjoying it, just press the share button on your podcast player app of choice so that you can pass this show along to others so that they can find out about it and enjoy it as well. And if you'd like to support the show, just go to patreon.com slash text and see how you can become one of our patron saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Amanda. be willing to read the passage psalm 77 sure go for it
1: i cry out to god without holding back oh that god would listen to me when i was in deep trouble i searched for the lord all night long i pray with hands lifted toward heaven pleading there can be no joy for me until he acts i think of god and i moan overwhelmed with longing for his help you don't let me sleep i'm too distressed even to pray i think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs i search my soul and think about the difference now has the lord rejected me forever will he never again show his favor is his unfailing love gone forever Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be kind? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate, that the blessings of the Most High have changed to hatred. I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about them. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of miracles and wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. You have redeemed your people by your strength, the descendants of Jacob and of Joseph by your might. When the Red Sea saw you, O Lord, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down their rain. The thunder rolled and crackled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep, with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we pause now to both acknowledge our struggles, our calling out to you in need and with limitation and even a sense of abandonment. And yet we also pause to ponder your great works, to remember the great things that you have done in the past. So, Father, may our pouring out and our pondering be united in our time of study today. I ask that Amanda and I and all who are listening in uh, would be helped through this great psalm to pour out prayerfully and to ponder prayerfully, to express the present and to remember the past. Lord, how this all fits together, we entrust that to you uh, to guide us in this hour. So we pray to you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Psalm 77. I, I know this one is special to you. We can jump into some detailed observations in a moment, but why do you love this Psalm so much? I, I mean, you're my wife, so, you know, you get special. Favoritism. So I, I, whenever I'm scheduling the show, I'm like, Ooh, what's a, you're also a very busy lady. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> I always look ahead. I'm like, Ooh, what's a, what's a Psalm? I know she likes. So you, she had won't me say at, no. you had
1: me at Psalm 77.
0: <laughs> so why do you love 77 so much? I think I know a little, but not a ton. Why this one's so you're the one who first turned me on to how amazing it is.
1: Yeah. So yeah. tell me a
0: little bit about why this one's special to you. If you're willing.
1: I don't remember if I was in high school or college. But I was I was reading it in the NLT, which is the the version I read from this morning and verses where are they seven through seven through nine here rejected me forever, never show his favor, have his promises permanently failed, forgotten to be kind, slammed the door on his compassion. I mean, it was it's so it's such strong imagery Mm -hmm. and so out of character from what we normally say about God, mm. yet still resonates, I think, with many of our own spirits. And so there is something very alluring and permission-giving and also kind of scary at the same time. So I remember being being struck by the, the first part of the psalm, and then I was amazed how just the progression of how the psalm goes, where all of a sudden, you're, you're slowly moving into a, a different different kind of territory. It's a different kind of psalm. I remember then coming to verse, where is it? Yeah, 13, 14, 15, 16, where he starts to talk about the Red Sea. And I love that because it's it's the sense of, God, I don't know where you are. It feels like you've completely abandoned me. I can't think of anything good that you're doing. But I will go back in time and claim that as my testimony even if i don't have a testimony of praise now i'll claim those words as my own the all kind of vicarious faith by looking back hmm. and it hadn't occurred to me until then that <laughs> that i could put my faith in, in in something else other than my own experience okay that you know moses could vouch for me hmm. i could hold on to some of those spiritual apron strings Yeah, I feel like this whole psalm is just a complete sermon on its own. I mean, you you, you read the whole thing and from start to finish, you get this whole kind of arc of a a story here.
0: Yeah, I agree that it has all the components. It's one of my favorite features is it feels like, I'll comment on this in terms of psalm structure later. But right now, just like as a modern reader, it feels unresolved. Mm Mm-hmm. So the present tense stress of the first half and the past tense pondering, meditating, recollecting of the second half uh-huh. are not like synthesized in like a third section. Right, you right. am saying, yeah, there's yeah. not like the moment of therefore <laughs> because you did this in the past. Yeah, I have this new perspective on my present. Or because you did this in the past, I anticipate what you're going to do next in the immediate or distant future. Mm -hmm. There isn't that third moment of synthesis, you know? Right. Again, I'm using kind of modern terminology. I'll go ahead and I'll use it. It's, you know, it's this kind of old pattern of thesis, antithesis, synthesis. So we get the thesis Uh of the struggle and we get the antithesis of this past great work of God. And we don't achieve a synthesis in a third moment which actually I really like. I actually am drawn to that because sometimes when a text does the synthesizing for you, it's helpful, but it also puts it at a distance because it it actually forces, It it puts you in the place of that. You're invited to discover how these two juxtaposed truths are united. Or not even united at all. Maybe right. for me and my experience, they just aren't right, right. now. Yeah. So it's very. Yeah. It, it leaves a lot. It leaves the freedom and autonomy of the reader hmm. open. You know, yeah, in a way that many complaint psalms don't. That that often, not often, but some of them resolve. So that that was where I was going to go next when I said like that standard psalm form. It, it it's not just a modern reader, but I think. I shouldn't say standard, but the majority of the Psalms that introduce this contrast would have, if not a resolution, at least uh, some kind of narrative movement. Things went bad, but now I'm going to praise you, Uh right? Because I, you know, you drew, you drew me out of the pit or whatnot, right? Right, So you don't get the, the present tense or you don't get the present tense would be the wrong word, but the personal narrative of salvation is not introduced at all. There's a handful of Psalms that just leave it unresolved. So this isn't the only unresolved one, but it is striking how it references the past without sort of bringing things to a head
1: right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Either as a request, there's no request.
1: There's not even a petition
0: like, Nope. Save me like you did then. uh -uh. just It's almost like he, I wouldn't say he's forgotten the pain of the first half, but he's moved beyond it at least for a moment. He's hmm. turned his attention elsewhere to this pondering of the past.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm struck too how there's not an enemy in the first half of this Psalm. So often oh. it seems like when the, the Psalms that are the laments, they're about the enemies, there's someone pursuing me. Whereas this whole thing could almost be in internal. And so even when you think about mental anguish or the um, mental health crises that people are in, there's something very fitting, I think, about this psalm to let you be in this this horrible place of despair, maybe without even being able to point your finger at anybody else.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it could be internal. I think it could be, I mean, maybe it's moral failing. You know what I mean? It's something I've failed to do. Sure. So I feel abandoned because I deserve to be abandoned. That's mm-hmm. op- that's possible. It's not. Required. It's not required by the text. It's not necessarily a penitential psalm. It could be, it could be an internal distress that's completely unknown and hidden. But then of course, all kinds of external troubles it could work for once you introduce that narrative. So someone could have experienced great loss. A family member died. Boom. All first 10 verses work.
1: Yeah.
0: Exile. (laughs) All first 10 verses work. Right. Defeat and battle. All first, you know, yeah. So all, all of the, the kinds of things that other Psalms make more explicit reference to kind of work, Hmm. but it's not, none of them are required, you know? Yeah. Although today and, you know, I might feel differently tomorrow, but today I do wonder how well this might work in an exile setting. Hmm. Again, it's not that whether, whenever it's written, you know, clearly the, The final form of the Psalter as a whole is in an exile, is either exilic or post-exilic in the history of Israel, I'm talking now. Sure. And so, the readers and collectors of the Psalms uh, were attuned to the experience of exile Hmm. whenever the Psalm was written, even if it was written before that, you know. I just mentioned that to say, you know, the remembering – Of God's work at Exodus takes on a special, if you're feeling alienated from home. Right. Remembering that God brought his people home Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: is really, that doesn't need explained, you know? Yeah. Just a thought.
1: I'm struck too at the kind of jumpiness. uh, That's not the right word, but the, the first part here where one minute... He seems to be talking to himself and then he's talking to God and then he's talking to mm. someone else again. There's present tense and then past tense and then present. There, there's a, there's a jumbling here where you almost get the sense that this person is in such deep distress, such trauma that there's not almost a, there's almost not a cohesive narrative here. I mean, yeah, the, 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 where the, are the you
0: seeing ups. that? I agree with you. I'm, I'm just so, curious. So the, in,
1: in the one, detail. I cry out to God, verse four, you don't let me sleep. Verse seven has the Lord rejected me forever. So, so there's the, there's that change there. And then even one or two, I cry out number two, when I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord past tense. Mm -hmm. And then we're back to present again.
0: My eyes flow at night. I refuse to be consoled.
1: Yeah. The, the, the
0: tenses are all over the place. You're right. I, I think, so I just want to acknowledge, uh, a slight correction from my comments earlier in the show today, because of the, pa- the 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 second half of the Psalm is so clearly in the distant past. huh. I kind of mentally located the first half of the Psalm all in the present.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, and in the broad sense of present, you know, my right. present experience. Uh, but you're right. It really is a little, it is a little around it's, there's some past reflecting of my own experience. There's my present state. There's my the questions then open up a future right right seven through nine
1: six questions
0: yeah let's let's walk through those questions actually because in some ways the, the second half is presented is imp- implicitly a a response to right. these questions so maybe that'll set us up good for <laughs> yeah. our second segment so our, what are our those response six to questions? The questions
1: but not the questions we're asking oh Just, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah
0: always response. A response, but not an answer. Yeah, yeah. To make a distinction. That's good. Distinction. So what are the, ha, let me hear it in your version, your six questions. And I think the NLT chooses to make them each a question mark, right? So, right, it yeah, does. Yeah. Which is nice. I like that.
1: Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again show me his favor? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be kind? Has he slammed the door on his compassion?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the first four of six actually all have a time reference to something permanent, right? For all time, Mm -hmm. without end, um, never again, forever. So that's striking. And then that's implied with the verbiage of verse nine, right? The the closing off, the shutting down. All of which it suddenly occurs to me – implies that these things were in play at one time, but hmm. the, the, the past word reference is implicit, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, looking with favor. His ooh, ooh, unfailing yeah, 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 yeah. love. Let's, right. Let's,
1: let, let's go through that. So the Lord chose me, the Lord shows me favor. He loves me with unfailing love. His promises are reliable. He is always kind. His compassion is never ending.
0: Oh, wow. You know, you just invert them and you get, Basically standard Right. Standard psalm language. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Right. Which makes it all the more striking to have that stuff negated in the form of a question. Yeah. Okay, well let's uh, let's take a quick break and come back and see what the psalmist does with all this pain. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guest, Amanda Drury, and we're looking at Psalm 77. Let me uh, read it fresh just to get it in our ears again. This is from Robert Alter's translation, which we've been using a lot this year because it's such a masterful uh, translation of the Psalms. So here goes. For the lead player on Jeduthun an Asaph psalm. My voice to God, let me cry out. My voice to God and hearken to me. In the day of my straits, I saw the master. My eye flows at night. It will not stop. I refused to be consoled. I call God to mind and I moan. I speak and my spirit faints. You open, you held open my eyelids. I throbbed and could not speak. I ponder the days of yore, the years long gone. I call to mind my song in the night. To my own heart I speak and my spirit inquires. Will the master forever abandon me and never again look with favor? Is his kindness gone for all time? His word done for time without end? Has God forgotten to show grace? Has he closed off in wrath? his compassion. And I said, it is my failing that the high one's right hand has changed. I call to mind the acts of YAH. When I recall your wonders of old, I recite all your works, your acts. I rehearse God. Your way is in holiness. Who is great. Like God, you are the God working wonders. You made known among your peoples, your strength. You redeemed with your arm, your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God, the waters saw you. They trembled. The depths themselves shuddered. The clouds streamed water. The skies sounded with thundered. Your bolts too flew about, your thunders sound under the wheel, lightning lit up the world, the earth shuddered and shook. In the sea was your way, and your path in the mighty waters. But your footsteps left no traces. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so I think we focus for the most part on the front half, though with a general glance at the second half. So I'd, I'd like to spend a second segment, focus maybe a little more on the second half if that's okay with you. Great. First of all, just this transition, verse 10 is a little bit of a mess, right? You, you have a couple versions out. Do you yeah, mind giving yeah, us a sure. couple, maybe King James, NIV, NLT? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Because it's it's just totally, I mean, the Hebrew is just utterly obscure. So this isn't one of those, well, actually, it says. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, actually, we don't know. So,
1: All right. So here is King James. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high.
0: Okay. Okay. How about NIV?
1: NIV is, then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the most high. Yeah. And then NLT, and I said, this is my fate, that the blessings of the most high have changed to hatred.
0: Mm, Yeah. ESV's got, then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the most high. That's pretty close to, Mm. to NIV's take. Here's a here's R S in R S V and I said it is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. So I mean, just structurally, since the Hebrew here is just really obscure, it's kind of unclear mm-hmm. what some of the words mean. Even both the syntax and the semantics is just a little confusing. So then you look at the context, but then the trouble is, is it's right on the turn. <laughs> right. So do you put this? Right. Is this the last line of the? the depressing part of the song uh-huh. or is this the, is this the turn, the transition? I, I noticed one smart move that the ESV makes here is even though it takes a stand, cause you kind of have to in translation, right. I will appeal to this. So it's kind of making it the positive turn. Mm-hmm. It nevertheless puts a kind of space before verse 10 and after verse 10. So it's not a part of any stanza, mm. which is a clever, yeah. at least visual move to say, Where does this one go? (laughs) I mean, if you're just counting verses or lines, it would work pretty well with the first half. You know, it is basically literally half and half if you put it with the first. But it really is a – I mean, sometimes – I don't know. This would be one of those things where sometimes I think a sermon and preaching and teaching on a text, it's like I want to recommend – Hey, take, take an angle and run with it. Mm-hmm. This would be one where I'd be like, maybe don't develop too much on this. <laughs> I, th- I feel like it's too ambiguous.
1: Sure. Yeah. That your, yeah. Your
0: point can work either way. So you might want to just leave that. I, I would be inclined to leave this particular decision unresolved.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah.
0: And just kind of really put the emphasis on the next two lines. You know, I'm recalling to mind, reciting your works, going back to the redemption of the people. So, at first, it's not obvious what wonders he's talking about. I think NLT does a little helper cheat move in verse, what, 16 when it said the Red Sea? Right. It's just the waters in the original. So, it's one of those. I mean, as the story unfolds, certainly by by verse 19, well, it's definitely clear by verse 20. The question is whether you want that to be a surprise. Like do you want it to be like the reveal is in the last line? Moses and Aaron is the first moment that this is located at a specific point in history. Yeah. Cause prior to that, it could just be anytime there's thunder and lightning, God is the God of creation, right? Or it could be even a reference to the original creation when God's the waters saw you and they ran. I mean, that's like verse that's like the second and third day of creation that, mm. that he, he puts the, he puts the dome in and separates the waters above and below. Right. And then on day three of creation, he pushes the waters to the corners so that the dry land appears. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, like, the imagery is also imagery of creation. It's not just Red Sea imagery. Mm. So, that, that I think NLT's choice there is actually unhelpful because it, you don't notice those alternative allusions to yeah. other parts yeah. of God's power. Yep, okay. Okay. Having said that, by the last line, it's 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 clear as a bell that it's that that, that the main reference here is to the Red Sea story. Mm-hmm. But I, I hate to deprive a reader of those other, other resonances. Yeah, 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 that's all. That sorry okay. to kind of harp no, that's, on. That's that's fair. The reason I think my recollection is you love the NLT on seventy seven because of verse. Uh, verse nine, right? right? Right, Shut up his, what is it? Shut-
1: Slam the door on his compassion. I mean, that is
0: really good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's good translating. It's, I mean, it closed off in wrath, his compassion.
1: Well, and, and I, this is, I've mentioned before, I think on this podcast, I've referenced the Psalm and said that I often refer to it as almost the heavy metal lyrics of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially with, with teenagers. I mean, when I'm going through this in, in youth groups, Teenagers are often really, really surprised that, mm-hmm. wait, you can, you can say that. That's actually in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a very, I don't know, cathartic song.
0: Well, we had a, a guest on a couple weeks back during the Easter season, Brent Strawn. Sure. Who was talking a little bit about the structure of the Psalter mm-hmm. and the, you know, the way it starts and middle and end as a whole. And he... Went out of his way to point out that there's kind of like the low point of the Psalter is in the middle. It kinda has a huh. it gets a it gets a little darker and darker as it goes. And then obviously it ends on this crescendo of praise. Right. right there's almost right. nothing heavy or dark in the last couple, you know, dozen psalms. Um there's a few little Dark moments, you know, but it's it's pretty much all light towards the end. And he referred to 88, which is almost the exact halfway point. Uh-huh. The darkness low- is
1: my closest friend. It's the last line. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. talk about
0: unresolved. Yeah. That's way more unresolved. This is not an unresolved song. This is actually a pretty positive psalm. It's it's un- the tension between the first and second half is what's <laughs> right, unresolved. Right. There,
1: there but, is but an there, affirmation. But there's glimmers of hope in this one. Yes.
0: There are glimmers because it's only hope implied by the past. Right. There's no, there's not a single explicit statement of future hope in this song right um and so yeah this is some of our darkest stuff 77 88 and also 90 is pretty heavy hmm. in terms of about it's a very much it's it's framed in terms of wisdom of just the wisdom of recognizing that we all die but it's it's, it's all about death
1: huh.
0: um, and then 91 is kind of the beginning of a kind of turn in a slightly more hopeful direction. So I, I wanted to reiterate that because this, it helps us see 77 as, as well located in the Psalter as a whole, as one of these darker ones. And even the, the glimmers of hope are dark imagery. and frightening. Yeah. 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 Again, that's why I, sorry to harp on this, but that's another reason to not make the Red Sea reveal too quickly. Cause if you, if you make that explicit too fast, uh, huh then you, you might immediately identify with the people of Israel thinking God is saving us. Sure. Right. But like, if, if all you have is just waters trembling, shuddering, whoa, it's just the story of a storm, you know, and it actually then helps you then see their, enter into the children of Israel experience a little more starkly and recognize that it was not obvious that this was going to go well.
1: Right. Yeah. Um,
0: You know, Yeah, it's 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 pretty terrifying. <laughs> Can I make a quick comment about the poetic structure something I just noticed today? Yeah, do. They're it. all in couplets until 16.
1: Oh, interesting. Sure.
0: I'm not sure how the NLT lays it out, but uh it's all couplets except for one exception in verse uh in, in back in verse 2. Otherwise, it's all couplets, which is standard and then it switches after the um, second Selah at the end of verse 15. Then in 16, 17, 18, and 19, it's all triplets hmm. now, right? Interesting. The waters water yeah, saw yeah, you. Yeah. Wow. The waters saw you. They trembled. The depths themselves shuddered, right? Yeah. The clouds streamed water. The skies sounded with thunder. Your bolts, too, flew about, right? So it's down, waters, huh. waters and depths, triplet. And then clouds, skies, thunderbolts. So then it's up mm-hmm. for three. And then your thunder sounded under the wheel. Lightning lit up the world. The earth shuddered and shook. You get another triplet. Huh. And then that one's in the heavens again, mostly. Heaven's back down to earth. And then verse 19. In the sea was your path and your path or your way and your path in the mighty waters and your footsteps left no traces. Hmm. Another triplet, but back down. So it's, it's down, up, up, down, four triplets. And then boom, a couplet for the last line. Yeah. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron, which then is parallel to verse 15, which is right before all those triplets. You redeemed with your arm, your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. So you have Jacob and Joseph. Fifteen, Moses and Aaron, verse twenty. Sure, two pairs of yeah uh, names and the redeeming by your arm and your leading of your people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought the 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 poetic structure of the last six verses was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's all. Yeah. So what else? What else is interesting here? I, I there's a thousand more things I want to comment on. I have at least one. I'll make sure to slip in before we wrap up. But I want to open the door to your compassion and see what you would like to add. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Verse 19. This was the other, the other part that really attracted me to this psalm, And that was your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway. No one knew was there.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And
1: um, it, it almost sounds like this was part of the plan all along. This was where the road was planned. And uh, you know, God wasn't surprised by the sea there. Oh no, you know the the Israelites are stuck between the Egyptians and the Reds. No, this was this was a, a pathway, a road that um, hmm. that is showing up there. No one, no one can see it, but but it led right through the sea.
0: The hidden pathway. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what I wanted to focus on. Was 19, first noticing a contrast with fourteen. You are the God working wonders. You made known among your peoples.
1: Huh. Okay. Strength. Okay.
0: And the verb here is the same, known. Your your the pat your footsteps were not known. The, the 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 wooden translation would just say not known. Sure. Okay. So you get the same verb. So he's being made known, but also something's unknown. Hmm. Right now the NLT made a choice to kind of imply it wasn't known. And then it's made known by opening it up. It could mean there's no, the path is an unknown path, right? It's this hidden path that we get the benefit of without really knowing it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So even just the contrast of knowing that, that God is made known through these unknown things, right? Right, The the mystery remains. Yeah. It's it's not like, it's not like they cross the red sea and now there's this permanent, <laughs> right, right, path there. It's no, it closes back in. In fact, yeah. that's part of the narrative. Is right. that that's part of their salvation? Is that it closes back up, and drowns the Pharaoh and, and his and his armies, right? So the, the the footpath becomes an unknown again, however known it was for a moment. And when I think of what are the glimmers of hope in the second half, I think that's key. Hmm. Because at least it seems to imply that there's an unknown path for me in those first 10 verses.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, yep. That yes.
0: somehow, as I am in these mm-hmm. straits, as I am in caught between a rock and a hard place, between Pharaoh's armies and, a, and the abyss.
1: Yeah. All I'm seeing is the storm and the enemy behind yeah. me, but there's a road here. I can't see it, but yeah. it's here somewhere.
0: And not just that he makes a path, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. But that it's actually already there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which then is relevant for the remembering of what God has done before. Hmm. We, like we keep observing with this psalm, there's there's no direct, explicit hope, because the hope is the form is is in the form of a memory. Yeah, it's remembering that God already has paths. This is familiar territory to God. Right. <laughs> this right. is this is a well-worn path for God's people. Yeah. This is not a a surprise. Uh, This is not an unknown to Mm -hmm. him, though it remains an unknown for us. Well, that'll preach. So let's take a quick break and then come back and explore some sermon starters. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I almost said, welcome back to Rescue Rangers, because we were talking about that, <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, welcome back to... to uh, Fresh Text. Fresh Text. There it is. I'm here with my guest, Amanda Drury, and we're looking at Psalm 77. Let's explore some sermon starters. If you were preaching or teaching on this psalm, what might be your approach? What might be your, your take, your focus?
1: Yeah, well, a few different things come to mind. Um, one would be a broader... Interpretation of how to read scripture, I could see, especially like in a Bible study setting where, um, well, no, or in a sermon, to have people identify, you know, a place of deep trouble for them and then ask if there is uh, a story from scripture, Old Testament, mm-hmm. New Testament, or something, something from your ancestors, you know, maybe a story of your grandmother. That somehow speaks to you that you wish could be part of your story or that speaks to what you need from God. So to be able to have this kind of experience to say, God, I'm, you know, I'm in this spot here. This is horrible. You've, your promises have turned to curses, but I remember, I remember how you came to my grandfather's aid, you know, during this time mm. or, or I remember, you know, the plight that Mary was in when she was. You know, unmarried, uh, just for them to be able to, to see how to do that kind of um, interpretation.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really powerful. Yeah.
1: So that would be one, but that, that doesn't necessarily get into this psalm, but it's, it's, it's a okay. great example of that.
0: No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially when it comes to psalm interpretation. Uh, it invites, you know, our own experience. Perhaps more than any other
1: portion of the kingdom, do you know what I
0: mean? To the making it your own
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, is is invited by the text itself. In this case, I mean, I think all the scriptures are God breathed and useful for instruction, (laughs) right? But but what's the the manner of their instruction? The Psalms don't instruct by offering doctrine or offering a particular you know instruction of what to believe or what to do. Sure, right. Or even how to feel. It's not assuming that you're supposed to feel the same way. Yeah. It's it's inviting. Okay. How do you? Well, how does this resonate with you? Right. It, right. it invites resonance more than more than a uh, uh, belief or behavior.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So how does you know? How does the the deep call into deep in this text? You know. Mm. I must admit it. The psalm itself has a almost kind of perfect new homiletic structure. Oh, it, kind does. Of, it You know, does. problem, yes. a deepening of the problem. Yeah. And then a turn and an opening up of hope. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's pretty, it's it's kind of perfect. Yes. You know.
1: I, and I love it when you see examples of narrative sermons that aren't a strict story as we tend to think of it. Yeah, it's a
0: narrative, but not a story. Yes.
1: And yeah. that's, I, I often yeah. try to convince my students of that, that, they hear that, a narrative preaching, that you can and do stories. a narrative sermon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, it's about tension and release. Right, right, right. And notice that release, tension, and release is not always uh, conflict and clear resolution. You know, like the the, the 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 contemporary conflict is not explicitly resolved, but there is a release of the tension at least.
1: Right. You don't get to watch them get married and have babies. Yeah. <laughs> explain to them why you're laughing this is an inside oh, joke for you know, oh thing. watching movies always end too soon for me I always want them to you know just give us a 10 years in the future let them and I always say what I want to see them get married and have babies yeah
0: oh why don't we get to see them <laughs> married and have babies you always say that when the movie ends like kind of abruptly and artistically
1: so it's yeah 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 so it, there is some resolution of tension and you know this is this speaks to it even if it's not a, a perfect ratio.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of it is the glimmer of hope here is helpful, at least in there is an opening here to talking about what does it look like to have faith, to remember that God does wonders, even if not just if you're not experiencing wonders now, Mm -hmm. but even if you haven't experienced wonders, even in your own life.
1: Right. And
0: if you don't have any coming soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it doesn't say, therefore, God's gonna do this tomorrow. Yeah. It might be, nope, it's gonna keep sucking for a long time. Yeah. And yet that doesn't change the fact that God has been faithful to his people. Yeah. So it's an invitation to identify with this people mm-hmm, who has been mm-hmm. chosen rather than an identification of the wonders of that are still to come cuz maybe they're not coming anytime right. soon. Right. And
1: and you right? know what John, I think I would I think I would draw in probably towards the end, the end of John where he talks about those who believe and haven't seen. Wow. How does how does that part go? <sighs> but but, but, yeah. the, but the blessing, are you. Yeah. yeah. The blessing that comes when you have the belief without without having seen these things.
0: Yeah, it's in the Thomas story. Mm. Right? You you believe because you've seen blessed are those who, though not seeing, believe.
1: Yeah. Is, yeah. There, is there something else too at the end of John? I don't know that there is. Go I'm going to look.
0: It's John chapter 20. Yeah. And these things have been written Yeah. that you may believe.
1: Yeah. Is that what
0: you're thinking of?
1: Yeah. I was wondering if there was something else at the end, but it's not. Yep. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and believe anyway. You believe because you have seen me.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great intertext a great resonance story.
1: Well, and, and then even the, the next verse in John here, Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miraculous signs besides the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. That even the purpose of these stories being written down yeah. is for the belief of those to come.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Which then comes back to the, I mean, maybe this is too cheesy, but you remember the, well, it's, it's playing off the cheese, you know, the, the, the famous old poem of, you know, the, the two footsteps. Yes. And then, and then the, oh, that's when I was carrying you, you know, it's his footsteps. Right, well, right, actually right. the, the poem here almost kind of inverts that it's saying the footsteps <laughs> of of God are not seen. Yeah. It's just this, you know, this empty openness, hmm. this path that he creates and yet his path is unknown, you know, which is linked to the holiness of his way. It's that same verse that in the sea was your way, verse 19, hmm. and way back in verse 13, it says your way is in holiness, who is great like God. There's a kind of incomparability of God here and a kind of untouchable holiness, a uh, beyondness huh. in the way that God works.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, that invites faith as the response and so maybe this is a poem, a psalm less of hope and more a psalm of faith. We, mm. We're talking about
1: yes, glimmers I see of that. hope, I and I agree that. there's glimmers of yeah. hope
0: here. But what's invited, when hope is uh, deferred, faith is what lingers, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, faith is the believing in what is not seen, uh, whereas hope is believing in what is not yet seen but will be.
1: Right. right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whereas this, this faith is in, is in the unseen. Right. Uh And that will always remain unseen in some sense, you know, mm-hmm. and it may be that I can never see the path until perhaps after I might be able to look back on how God was at work in those sleepless nights. Sure. With which the, the psalm begins. Yeah. I think there's a lot of paths here, a lot of different, directions a sermon on this Psalm could go. I guess all Psalms invite lots of different preaching trajectories, but I think this one's because it's such a juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways to unfold a sermon. So I think we've pitched like at least three different ideas. One that would be focused on the structure and how you might use that one that kind of goes through it piece by piece and one that really zooms in on the faith and, without seeing theme. Yeah. So these are really three different sermon ideas. So enjoy listeners have at it, run with one of those, make it your own, see where it takes you. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention about this lovely Psalm before we uh, wrap up today?
1: Uh, Sometimes if I'm meeting counseling with someone one-on-one and they're going through a difficult time, sometimes I even encourage them to go to this psalm, but to not read the whole thing, to just to read as much as they can. Sometimes I think it could be an, an, an unveiling. So you, you've got the the empathy, the connection point here, and to just let them know there, there's more there. You might not be ready to read that quite yet, but hmm. but but when you're when you're willing to ta- read a few more words, just keep going.
0: Yeah, no, that's really really helpful. And in a preaching setting, I know sometimes I'll have texts where you know you like read a few verses, comment, read a few verses, comment, right? Yeah. Sometimes I'll read a few verses comment and then start over read those verses and add a few more sure sure and this is one where that might work where you're constantly yeah
1: yeah adding
0: not just kind of moving on so that you're still affirming the opening parts of the psalm right and not kind of leaving them in the past yeah when you go to the the narrative of the second half. Yeah.
1: And I think one more thing too, just that I appreciate about this psalm. I mean, we've been saying all along, there's no resolution to it. There's no resolution to it. I mean, that's so much what life feels yeah. like. And so often our sermons do have resolution, but this is a way of doing providing resolution without fixing everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. I think that's spot on. Well, uh, thanks so much, Mandy. Appreciate you always on the show and especially with this lovely psalm. Uh, thanks to Todd and Eric for their production work. Can't imagine doing this show without you. Uh, thanks to Tom Adamson for donating the theme music. Thanks to all the listeners of the show, and especially those who support the show. If you'd like to support the show, then just go to patreon.com slash fresh text and see ways that you can become one of our patron saints. And with that, we say, have a good preach and a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thud.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: liked it. Leave it in!